There is a prophecy in Genesis 12.3 that we see being fulfilled every single day all around the world. Do you know what that prophecy is? And how it's being fulfilled even now? That's our focus in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. In this episode, we're going to look at how God has used and continues to use Israel to bless all the earth. As we look at how God is doing this, we won't be able to help but be amazed at the incredible ways that God does His work. So let's open the scriptures and see what we can learn in this episode of Foreshadows Report. As I mentioned earlier, there is a prophecy in Genesis 12.3 that is being fulfilled every single day all around the world. And we who are Christians have the privilege of experiencing this fulfillment in our own lives at all times. Let's start by taking a look at this prophecy in its full context. It's found in Genesis 12, verse 3. And to get the full context, we'll read verses 1 and 2 as well. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. Now here's the part I want us to pay special attention to. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. These three verses are packed with promises. When we break down everything that God says here, we find these eight promises. One, I will show you the land. Two, I will make you a great nation. Three, I will bless you. Four, I will make your name great. Five, I will make you a blessing. Six, I will bless those who bless you. Seven, I will curse those who curse you. And eight, I will bless all the people of earth through you. It is this last promise that we'll focus on now. I will bless all the people of earth through you. It's helpful to notice that God began with promises specifically to Abraham as an individual. Then he gave promises to Israel as a nation. Then he ended with a promise meant for the entire world. What we have here in the space of just three verses is eight incredible promises from God. Again, they start with Abraham then they expand to Israel. And then this amazing passage ends with the promise that through Israel, God will bless all the families of the earth. To fully understand this promise, it's important that we get a correct understanding of the word blessed in Genesis 12.3. Exactly how is it that the people of the world would be blessed? In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul provides some important clarity for us. In verses 8 and 9, He looks back to Genesis 12.3 and explains what it means. Here's what Paul wrote. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Here Paul quotes Genesis 12.3, and he says that it is those who are of faith who will experience this blessing, that is, Christians. So when Genesis 12.3 says that through Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed, it's saying that through Abraham would come the good news of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ would be the source of this blessing, and those who receive him as their Savior will experience this blessing. They will have their sins forgiven and be brought back into a relationship with God. We find additional confirmation of this in Romans 4.8, where Paul wrote, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. So for God to bless the families of the earth through Abraham means that through Abraham, God would make it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins. Through Abraham and through the nation of Israel, God would send Jesus Christ into the world. And Jesus would go to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. The promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 12.3 extends to everyone in the world for all time. The blessing of salvation is made available to them through Christ. And this blessing extends to you and me as well. As we consider how God has blessed us through Israel, we can count at least four ways that we have been blessed. First, through Israel, Christ came into the world. The genealogy of Jesus is traced through Israel, through the tribe of Judah, through King David, and on down through the generation to the day that he was born. Christ came to save the lost and to bring them back to God. Second, through Israel, The gospel of grace was passed down to us. All through the teachings and the prophecies of the Old Testament, God revealed that he would send the ultimate sacrificial lamb who would die on our behalf and cover our sin. This Savior would make it possible for us to return to God. This good news about a Savior, a Messiah, was proclaimed by the Jewish prophets and by the Jewish apostle. Third, through Israel, we received God's word. Through the ages, the Bible was written by Hebrew prophets and apostles and others specially chosen by God. They preserved God's word and passed it down to us. The Bible we have now came through Israel, although I should point out that God also used Luke, a Gentile, to write the books of Luke and Acts. But we can say that because of Israel, we have the Bible. And fourth, through Israel, we see God's character and attributes on display. As we see how God interacted with the people of Israel, we see his love, patience, grace, and justice. We see his holiness, his wisdom, and his sovereignty as God guided the Hebrews through the wilderness into the promised land during their exile, in their times of regathering, and more. We see God at work. We see his attributes and character in action. All of this helps us to understand who God is and what he does. And this helps us to know how to relate to him today. Imagine if there had never been a Jewish people, if there had never been a nation of Israel, things would have turned out very differently. It was through Israel that God chose to bless us with a Savior. It was through Israel that the gospel message and the Bible were preserved so that we could know salvation and know God's promises to us. It was through Israel 
that we could see our awesome God in action and learn more about Him. Now, all of this brings us to an important question. How does all of this fit with the fact that, by and large, Israel rejected God all through the Old Testament and went on to reject Christ as their Messiah? So often as we read about the people of Israel in Scripture, we read about their rejection of God. They loved their sin more than they loved Him. Because of their rebellion, God found it necessary to punish them. In Matthew 23, verses 37 to 39, shortly before the crucifixion, Jesus spoke these very painful words, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wing, and you were not willing? See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because of Israel's long history of rebellion, it's easy for us to get the impression God wasn't able to do his will through his people. After the crucifixion and resurrection, the church was born. And since then, God has used the church to bring the message of salvation to the world. So the common perception is that Israel has been completely set aside and replaced by the church. But that is not an accurate perception. Here are two very important facts for us to remember. First, in spite of all that Israel did wrong, God still accomplished his plan perfectly through Israel. There is nothing that Israel did that derailed God's plan for the ages. God promised to send a Savior to redeem mankind, and that happened. The good news of salvation by grace was preserved in God's Word, and both the Savior and our Bible came through Israel. Here's what we need to remember. While God called Israel to be a spiritual lighthouse to the world, and while much of Israel didn't fulfill that calling, there was always a remnant that God could work through. God always had people who were dedicated to doing His work. He always had faithful individuals who carried out the task of speaking for Him, and that is still true today. Remember what Elijah said in 1 Kings 19? After his life had been threatened, he ran away to a distant place. He told God, The people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah thought he was the only faithful person who remained. How did God respond? I have 7,000 who have not bowed to Baal. Let's fast forward more than a thousand years. Even though there were many who did not recognize Jesus at his first coming, there was a remnant who understood who he was, and God worked through that remnant to accomplish his work. Though most of Israel had been rebellious, God's plan continued to unfold exactly as He ordained. Nothing that Israel did wrong hindered God in any way. God was able to accomplish everything He promised to do through Israel. Second, God has not rejected His people or canceled His future plans for Israel. In Jeremiah 33, verses 25 and 26, God said, I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day earth and sky. In other words, just as the laws of nature will never change, God's covenant promises to Israel will never change. Then God said in verse 26, 
I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was saying, I will never abandon my people or change my plan. Psalm 89 verses 31 through 36 is especially clear on this point. If they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandment, then I will punish their transgression. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. And Isaiah 54.10, God said, The mountain may depart, and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. Some people say, well, God spoke those words before the crucifixion. Things changed after Israel rejected Christ. But that's not what Scripture says. More than 20 years after the crucifixion, after Christ was rejected, the Apostle Paul wrote this at the beginning of Romans chapter 11. Has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. And notice Paul's very next word. He looked back to when Elijah thought he was all alone. And God told Elijah, I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And Paul then said in verse 5, So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. God always has a remnant. Then at the end of Romans 11, Paul wrote this in verse 29, The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable means unchanging, not able to be reversed or altered. God's promises are final, and that is true about God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12.3. Though God is working primarily through the church today, that does not mean He has rejected His people. He has not stopped working in and through Israel. He is still calling Jewish people to salvation. For anyone to say the church has taken the place of Israel is to say that God has stopped working in and through Israel. And to say that is to say God has broken His promises. Zechariah 12.10 and Romans 11.26 tell us of a day when the Jewish people will look upon Christ, the one whom they pierced, and they will cry out for salvation. And after Christ returns at His second coming, He will set up His millennial kingdom. He will reign from David's throne in the city of Jerusalem. Chapter 2 opens by telling us that in the future, people from all the nations will come to Israel to worship God. All of this tells us very clearly that God has future plans for Israel. We might not understand how God is working through Israel today, but God makes it clear He has not forsaken His people. Let's go back to our two points. First, in spite of all that Israel did wrong, God still accomplished His plan perfectly through Israel. Through Israel came Christ, the Gospel, the Scripture, and insights about God's character and attributes. And second, 
God has not rejected his people nor canceled his future plans for Israel. We should never think less of Israel because of their past disobedience. Remember what Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every Jew and every Gentile is a child of disobedience until they receive Christ as Savior. All of this helps us to understand how the prophecy in Genesis 12.3 is being fulfilled every single day all around us. Every time someone receives Christ as their Savior, every time we ourselves experience the riches that come from our relationship with Christ, every time people hear the gospel being proclaimed, and every time that we read the Bible, we are seeing the promised blessing in Genesis 12.3 be fulfilled. God promised to Abraham and Israel that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Like rippled on a pond, this promised blessing continues to spread all around the world. We are among the recipients of those blessings. Our response should be one of deep gratitude and unending praise for what God has done. Only an all-wise, all-powerful, all-sovereign God could do this and bless the families of the earth in such amazing ways. As we wrap up this episode of Foreshadows Report, we should thank the Lord for the incredible gift of Christ and salvation that has come to us through Israel. We should be grateful for how God accomplished His will through Israel. And in light of all that is taking place now in Israel, we should remember the exhortation in Psalm 122.6 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In the upcoming weeks, we will continue to learn more about Israel but with a special focus on Christ's first coming, which is what we celebrate at Christmas. This season provides us with a wonderful opportunity to reflect on all that Christ's birth means to us. So in our upcoming podcast episode, I'll be teaching about Christ's first coming, as well as about Israel. What's amazing about Bible prophecy is how so much of it focuses on the first and second comings of Christ. And I talk a lot about that in my new devotional book titled One Day Nearer. It's a 365-day devotional that is meant to help us better understand Bible prophecy and to let it have a transforming impact on our lives. To find out more about how to order this book, go to my website at stevemillerresources.com. Also, in addition to these weekly podcasts, I post news updates daily on Telegram Messenger Channel. If you'd like to stay connected on a daily basis, you'll want to subscribe to Foreshadows Report on Telegram. At my website, there's a link for that. Just go to the home page at stevemillerresources.com and scroll to the bottom. There, you'll see a link to my post in Telegram. Thank you again for joining me as we keep watch and find hope here on Foreshadows Report. And I'm grateful to Harvest House Publishers for supporting this podcast.